0: And it's it's the whole psychology that I don't want to be the one to deal with it. Um, someone else can deal with it, right? And then sure. they do this. They do this in numbers. Hold on. Bro. Wait. Wait. Hold bro, on. Who's whispering? Paul, who's whispering? Do you, do you keep fool. You keep whispering, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you shit, did that sorry. last time, man. it threw me off so much, bro. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bro, it bro. It's like we're doing rituals in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll know it's Yo my oh, bad, my buddy. bad, my bad. Are you are you not talking to someone or something? Nah. <laughs> I was it hey, are, vis- are you are you thinking about your your, your points? <laughs> no, I'm just listening, I'm just listening. Maybe it's background noise, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> Last, well, you did it earlier that's
1: so threw, funny you did it last time as well I swear yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just me fam I was hearing the
0: hella
1: whispering <laughs> i in the chat I had to put it in the chat <laughs> Bro,
0: is that going to cut I can... put it because...
1: <laughs> no no don't worry because I can cut out Paul's um, thing in it because we've got all separate files oh
0: that's good <laughs> yeah yeah <that's> good. <laughs> That's too funny. No. That's why I had to pause. I was like, what's going on, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, happened earlier, I thought I, thought I, was go- I thought I was going mad, bro. Actually, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. Oh, uh, yeah. We moved. Okay, okay. <laughs> what was that? Do you remember your point? <laughs> what
1: was today? I saying?
0: Oh, what an absolute screamer! Having wealth, for
1: example.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. What tends to be the case is that for some, for some black people, when they get to that level of yeah, what, man's whispering again, fam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: goodness! And <laughs> hey, Paul, step away from your mic, fam. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: well, I beg, I beg you, just, dis- I beg you, just mute it when when you're not speaking. Yeah, 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 Alright, no more, so no more. Um, so he said, he said, whispering again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Michael, come on. Oh!
1: Screamer! you must see that video um, I sent into the chat yeah yeah nuts man crazy bro is that fake <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't,
2: I don't think it,
0: so man.
2: I don't think so Anonymous have been known for coming out when it when times get crazy
1: yeah, no, yeah. They've, had
2: a, they've had a track history of like yeah. you know policing governments and just checking
0: things and stuff that's crazy. So they've already hacked the radio or something. Was it a Minnesota specific one? The Minnesota Police Department's website
2: and the Chicago nice. Police Department's website. Yeah, that's nuts, man. And they they hacked um they hacked Fox News some years ago,
0: live on air. Fox yeah, News, I,
1: that's
0: saw, ago, it? I saw years ago innit? I saw
1: live
0: up. all. <laughs> yeah. So These men these are basically just hackers.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They're
2: professionals. Yeah. They, they, they. That's their.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? If they've done this before and nothing's changed, yeah, I'm not as gaffed anymore, to be honest. Because I, I, didn't even, I'd never heard of them before, dude. You? you haven't? Um, uh, I don't think so. No. So they actually,
2: they actually hacked uh the KKK database a couple of years ago. I remember this. They released the details of like 350 KKK members, their occupation, uh, their address.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that actually. No, I, I remember know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah, they've been, they've been, they've been active for <laughs> for a minute.
2: Um, but I don't know um, if anything hey. actually came about from that event. I think, I think mean, mean, that's what you were alluding to. So,
0: yeah, God knows, man.
1: I the end of the video it seems like the, the video was the first of many. From
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> bro, this <laughs> it, just, it feels like one big episode of Black Mirror, man. I'm, I'm telling you, crazy. this year is just I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't know, it's
2: crazy. We're, the, we're in the midst of a
0: global pandemic at
1: the and same the time,
2: <laughs> and that's the part I forgot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I'm seeing like things just blow up and. You know, you know erupt but the virus is
0: still very local you know yeah I mm. can't lie that that the virus has just taken a back seat for now nobody's even talking about it does anyone even remember that coronavirus is,
1: is flying around yeah <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. Life, are, you man. On any, are you man planning on going on any um, protest no I can't lie I don't
2: know about that I don't know about that about that. uh, That's a gathering, man. Obviously, I shared a passion, and I, you know, obviously, I haven't actually thought
0: that out. To be yeah. honest, I think social media is a more effective means anyway. Like everyone can see, whatever your opinion is through media outlets. I do think the thing is the only reason I say that is because of the
2: coronavirus right now. I do think protesting and rioting is a very effective. It's like a form of marketing. You market with what you're trying to fight for. Mm. But then where things kind of draw short in a lot of cases is there's... Sometimes there's no follow-up. Like, you want, a, you want a plan of action to follow
0: that up. It's, ne- there's, it's okay. not even sometimes. It's never a follow-up. If you're talking about this topic in particular... Yeah. I don't know. But to be fair, I feel... I don't know if it's just me. I feel something different is happening with this George Floyd one specifically. The outrage seems more widespread. It seems more people are switched on, especially non-black people. I feel like supplemented with the Amy Cooper thing, I think it's all it's all starting to come full circle now and everyone yeah. can just see the problems in the system for where it is. So that's good, man. Let's yeah, just hope one. the energy stays. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, for sure. This one, yeah. This yeah. one feels different, man. And I think it's... It's 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 obviously not it's obviously not good when stuff like this happens, but it's just sometimes you need something like this to pop up to make people understand that we are still not in a post-racial society. Like I feel like because it was some time before we kind of had a Mike Brown, um, Eric Garner type thing, people kind of thought that Mm. you know what things are things are becoming more equal maybe. And I think everything that's happening now is yeah, just highlighting, no, especially to non-black people. Yeah. That, I don't like it. I don't like it. As, 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 as humanity, we're still far, far away from from where we need to be. And everything so far has been kind of um, covert, but now things have come to the yeah. forefront, like you're seeing blatant racism.
2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Screamers podcast. My name is Paul. My name is
1: Michael. My name is Raz.
2: Shea Alright, so in today's episode we're gonna be discussing police brutality, uh racism within police and just general relations between black communities and the police in the wake of the recent murder of George Floyd, an unarmed black man in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. uh, who was killed by a a white officer. So I'm just gonna kick things straight away. Um I'm kinda of, I'm gonna pose this rhetorical question to everybody. Um it is rhetorical. The, How do you answer? No, I was just,
1: it's,
2: just <laughs> it's it's just something to think about. <laughs> okay, it's, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, it's gonna serve as like a backdrop for the episode.
0: So
2: you know, when, when the US was founded by its founding fathers, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, etc., when they wrote the constitution, which is the backbone by which American civility operates under do you think they ever intended for black people to be seen as human beings, let alone citizens? Remember, this is the same constitution that says black people are 3 fierce human. That's just something I wanted to, to keep in mind throughout the whole episode. So as I say, we've mm-hmm. we recently seen the murder of George Floyd. And this comes as a long string of murders by police, unarmed black people, men and women, um you know there's been a long history of this going on which you can date back to times of slavery so you know during slavery there were people who were employed as slave patrols these people are not the slave masters but they were a completely different role and their role was to monitor and and police slaves who thought about revolting who thought about uh running away and try to organize other slaves in in formulating a way to, to escape their, you know, obvious hardships, you know these uh, these slave patrols would have pretty similar powers to what you policing today. They would, because obviously at the time slaves were seen as property, so slaves had badge numbers. So you would be asked if, as a slave at the time you'd be asked for uh, stop and searches. People, you know, slave patrols would search your your belongings, they would ask you questions, they would try and harass you. Um mm. and if you if you study the sort of fugitive slave laws that were around at the time during slavery, you can see so many similarities to how black communities are policed by black by um by officers today. Mm. I kind of wanted to give that sort of historical backdrop.
0: You got it. for the rest of the rest of the Powerful introduction, bro. I like it. Powerful introduction. Sounded like Trevor Noah, man. So yeah, what, so, what do we,
2: what do we, what do we feel about you know that history of the way in which black people are policed? The history, as in, as in how are black people police today, and how it sort of how it's evolved into what it is.
0: Uh, I, I, I believe black people are obviously mistreated. I feel mm-hmm. that they are treated as subhuman. I like the quote you said at the start um, and the description where you said they have seen as three-fifths black. It's definitely still the case today, perpetuated by uh, various media stereotypes. And I feel like these killings happen because police know they'll get away with it and because right. they, they, they know they'll get away with it because they know the system doesn't respect black people and they know the system perpetuates only negative images and stereotypes about black people. And therefore right. they, they perform mm. the actions they do with confidence. You know, Derek Chauvin or Chauvin, however you say the prick's name, he he had a he had an almost arrogant look on his face, man. He had a very, for the first time, I feel like this is one of those, you actually see the expression of the policeman when they're committing their atrocity. And yeah. he just looked, he looked arrogant and he looked at the people recording that, like, what are you going to do? Sort of thing, um, and yeah. at this point, it's just—it's just a problem. It just needs to change. It needs to change. It's—it's—it's—it's so—it's quite upsetting to me. I didn't even want to do this episode today, honestly. It's not something I want to talk about anymore. It's ruined my week, but it's a necessary conversation. Yeah.
1: Mm, going back to um Paul's question, going back to Paul's question, um, where he said, "I—I uh, I don't think that has changed." throughout the throughout the course of history I think that times have changed, but their brutality to us it hasn't changed because they're still doing the same shit. Just along mm. different laws and along along um, certain guidelines that they think that they can they can twist and they can change to what they want to do. Is is oppression, man, and it is real deep. Yeah. No, for sure I
0: agree with that as well. I think, you know, your question was how how was policing evolved there was black people when in all honesty, it hasn't it hasn't evolved at all. I think prior back in the day or whatever, the, the main the main idea of the, the way black people were policed and controlled was to sort of oppress them and to prevent them from doing certain things, prevent them from occupying certain spaces, preventing them from having you know freedom of liberty, freedom of choice, freedom of movement, uh, in, in the way our white counterparts had. And if you if you relate that today, you can see that things things haven't really changed at all man like for a lot of black Mm. people we still see the police as this force that is out there which is not here to protect us but it's here to oppress us and it's here to you know cause us grief and cause us mischief whichever wherever we go like we could be you could be a group of young well-educated black men making Mm. changes doing positive things in society making your money Mm. the right way you know influencing people in the right way and simply because of the nature of your skin you you're, you're you're never seen as what you really are to the police or to certain people you're just seen as a skin color you're just seen as another black man uh with mm-hmm. a hoodie another black man with air forces on another black man with a gold chain or a gold tooth or whatever like no matter what no matter what we do no matter what progression no matter what leaps and bounds we make as people as black people sorry we're always going to be seen the same way by a certain demographic and Mm. What even what's, what 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 makes it worse is that you have you have a police force in which um, a lot of the people who are in this police force are doing it for the wrong reasons, right? So if you think about the what what police is meant to be um, in in its um, natural sense, should I say, is the police police are basically civil servants who are here to act on behalf of the people, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. employed by by the public, so. In 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 the way they work for us, right? But mm-hmm. you have you have certain police officers who, rather than you know having the role of a policeman for what it's meant to be, which is to protect people, they they are um they they use their role in the police force as a way to exercise power, exercise influence. A lot of them hold the racial views, and they know that joining the police force is the only way and the most efficient way in which they can enact oppression and aggression and violence onto black people and Mm. get away with it, because that's the case, right? You see a lot of these police officers over the course of the years who have literally assaulted, abused um, Mm. black people um, on the street, and because they're police officers and they have a badge, they can get away with it. So even looking at myself, right, not myself, sorry, if I was looking through through the eyes of someone who was a white supremacist, someone who was a member of the KKK, Right, And I thought to myself, what's the best way I can enact violence and hatred and oppression onto black people? My first answer would be to join the police force because you know that you can do all these things and get away with it because, you know, you could just make the assumption, you you could just, you can make the excuse that, yeah, he was resisting arrest or, you know, Mm -hmm. I fared for my life sort of thing. And they get away with these things countless and countless of times. Right. So the police force, I think people have said it, like the police force is the biggest gang out there because even if you just watch the videos, the way that they, they handle black people and the way they treat us when we're getting arrested is so inhumane, yeah. bruv. You literally, it's literally as if, like, you're on a playground, you know, you know, in a playground in a school where you used to, like, scramble one pound and stuff and everybody's rushing yeah. each other. Yeah,
1: that's
0: literally yeah, yeah. the way, that's literally the way they treat black people when they arrest us and when they handle us, man. Yeah, um, yeah. It, just get, it gets to a point where it's just, it's just sickening, man. You look at some of the stuff that they do and you think, like, what, what is, like, where have these people even be, been trained to do the job they're doing? Because, for example, bro. when you're trying to hank off someone, there seems to be no... There's no technique that they follow, right? It's like they have headlocks. They try and floor you ridiculous. It's like they're street fighting. It's bro, like it's MMA moves. moves. To, yeah, bro, MMA it's... moves to get you on the floor and stuff, right? And it's just... You just look at it and it's just, it's just like hooliganism, man. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, And you know what? That point you made about it doesn't matter how... You know, it doesn't matter how um, affluent you are or how educated you are. You can have five degrees. It doesn't matter yeah. how you are. They're gonna they they see us, and they've made the assumption. And so that's why that's why respectability respectability politics really it, it kind of pisses me off. You know, when people say, yeah. oh if, like, if you just did this and if you just did this, you just pulled your pants. You know, it it bothers me. Um, and with this specific situation. With George Floyd, I see a lot of similarities with other specific cases. So if we go back a couple of years, we had the case of Eric Garner in New York,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where he mm-hmm. was, um, I think he was selling CDs or something outside of a store. So that's a nonviolent offense. You know, whether they were legal or illegal, that's, that's a different situation. But the point is, it was a nonviolent offense. With the George Floyd situation, he, was, he allegedly had a counterfeit bill. A non-violent offense, yeah. and in both cases, they 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 tackled him to the ground, and they suffocated him.
1: Yeah.
2: They suffocated the life out of him. What what human being has it in them to to put your knee on someone's neck for nine minutes whilst they're begging for their life? That that's that's an inhumane thing to do. And you know the Eric Garner case that was that was what five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Bro. to the to the question about whether policing has evolved, you're absolutely right. Nothing there's been absolutely no change whatsoever. In fact, it's, things are repeating itself in, in near enough the same fashion.
0: Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what's mad about this as well? My dad sent me this George Floyd case, um, and I think the link. It was a Twitter link or something. He doesn't use Twitter. I don't know how he found it. Maybe the African chain email. But anyway, he sent me this link, and I said to him like, "Why are you sending me this? This was five years ago." And then he's like no, it's a new one, and it's that that, that really struck home with me as well because it shows that nothing's changing. It's almost yeah. an identical offense or with with um as with the is it Eric Garner? Yeah, yeah. it was just chilling. I I kind of got goosebumps. I was scared. I was like, yeah. so they're still doing this, you know? It happened yeah, once, yeah. and almost the exact same thing has happened again.
1: Yeah,
0: and it just and, like I said, it shows nothing is changing, and I guess this is what we need to discuss
1: um, how to well, solve. You, even-
0: even to what you're saying, right? It's just, it's just, it's just upsetting how like certain things that 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 started so small. Like, for instance, how how does a man selling CDs in front of a shop lead to him dying and him begging for for for, for the police officer to get off his neck because he can't breathe? Or how does how does a man, um, you know, forging a check, which I think was what George Floyd did in his case, how does how does a nonviolent um, crime like that end up? with him having a police officer with his plate, planting his knee in his neck for a whole nine minutes and two minutes of the nine minutes, he was, he was, um, already unconscious. Like how, how does, how do we go from small scale things like this to escalate, to have another black mm-hmm. man who's does on the streets, right? It's things like this that make me just think, you know, all, all of the things that's happening is so needless. Like there's another case to say, let's say my man had, had, um, they were armed and they had guns and they were doing armed robberies and stuff all across the street and then they got to a confrontation where someone eventually died. Right, that's obviously tragic as well, but that's that's completely yeah. different to say my man was just you know unarmed selling DVDs in front of a TV shop. You know, it's just it's crazy how these things escalate, man. And it's so so upsetting. And yes. it, what, what it also what it also proved as well is that this can happen to this can happen to any of us. Anyone, right? Because what? because like. The crimes that, that these people commit, sometimes they don't even commit crimes, bro. So it doesn't even make sense. Like, Trevor Martin didn't commit a crime. Um, Tommy people. You know what I'm saying? My man's yeah. for a jog down the road um, with the guy. Ahmed who, Arbery. Um, Ahmed Aubrey. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's even a case where you don't even have to commit a crime to be a victim of this, to be a victim yeah. of police oh, brutality, to okay. be a victim of white supremacist actions and views. Like, literally, man, yeah. and them are just out here living their lives, bro, and we're just being persecuted. That's crazy. It's insane. Do you, do you know what? People have normalised extreme violence. That's how we've got to the point we are. Everybody has normalised extreme violence of the police. So, with the Ahmad Arbery case, you'll see that he kind of ran towards the guy that pointed the gun at him. Um, right. Obviously, I mean, the logical person will think, this is a fight or flight response. He chose fight, right? Because somebody's pointing a gun at you. It's quite a natural thing to try and put And if you go in the comments of some of these videos, it's just outrageous what people are saying. They're like, oh, but he attacked him. You know, he had the gun facing Ahmad Arbery, but Arbery went to attack the boy. Therefore, he deserves to be killed. So it's all about normalising extreme violence as well. That really annoys me. It's the same with some of these cases. You've said um, selling a counter or having a counterfeit bill. Any minor offense doesn't mean that there's no justification for someone's life being ended because of that. And I don't know how we got to the point where people are normalizing and trying to defend police officers for what they're doing just because someone's committed yeah. a minor offense. And now it's only because of the Amy Cooper case where some people are starting to change their tone because he, I believe, is a Harvard grad. He's just a really smart guy, he's a bird watcher. Um, and now it's like, hmm, there's actually nothing wrong with this guy. And he didn't do anything. Yeah. And his life was still yeah. at risk if the police would have, if, if Amy's cries would have brought the police, he could have ended up dead. Yeah. So oh, yeah now, sure. if, and it shouldn't take that. It shouldn't take someone right. that's just so obviously innocent and didn't commit yeah. any minor crime at all for you to start to see the other side and see what people have been talking about for so many years.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. For, for I, sure, for even,
0: sure. Sorry, I just wanted to touch on the Amy Cooper case, right? Because the Amy Cooper case, I think the. The reason why I think this was, was so shocking for me and maybe for a lot of people was because of how relatable the context of what ha- of, of how it happened was, right? So these people were just in the park, and you know we we know what happened in the case where, you know, she had a dog on leash and whatnot, and then she basically called, she she called the police. I've got this African American man, I'm going to tell them you're Amer- African American American man, that you're abusing me and you're, you're um you're threatening me and my dog, sort of thing, right? And I yeah. think the reason why this was so relatable is because you know you just see a black man who was doing absolutely nothing wrong, and you see a white woman, a working, uh, a, a middle class white woman actually, because she was actually very senior, in one of uh, um, asset management firms in, in New York, right? Yeah. And you know, some a lot of people talk about how you know we live in a post racial society and they don't see race kind of thing, but this was a woman who. Was in a, was in a predicament, not even a predicament. Well, to her it might have been a predicament, and she mm-hmm. knew simply by you know this guy's race and the color of his skin how she could use that to her advantage and use use race uh, to weaponize against him and to eventually mm-hmm. put him in a position where he would probably be fighting for his life, right? Because she's yeah. she's not said this. The fact that she said this, she it means that she's aware of the context and the relationship that black men and black people have um, with the police, right? So she knows that if she calls the police, it's going to be peak for this guy, right? And the fact that she was able to weaponize that and use his race against mm. him in such a way, I think was very damning. And, and and it just shows that people who say they don't see race clearly do see race. Of course. Yeah, that's something, a- that's something it's Amy funny because,
1: said, right? Yeah, it's Go funny on, because on. even when you're seeing this now, you're seeing that the only reason this has come to the forefront of people's minds is because... It's been videotaped, it's been it's been caught on camera. But if you take mm-hmm. it back to like the Central Park Five, let's just exactly. say if that was caught on camera, nothing that that whole scenario would yeah. have been I believe it would have been would have been completely different. But the only fact that the, Yeah, yeah that yeah. people are catching this on camera. So this has been happening throughout throughout the last let's God knows four four hundred years or let's yeah. just throw it back like fifty nine years, whatever, this has been happening. But the only reason why this has come to the forefront now? Is because we have the technology to share and expose what's happening, and that's what is happening now. So, we we are going along the right yeah. directions, but it's just a mm. bit wayward. I don't even know what to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. just off on that as well, it's crazy how like we we as you said we have camera phones and things that te- televised and stuff, and we can record things, and stuff is still happening, right? Police policemen mm-hmm. are seeing camera phones in their face while they are b- brutally assaulting black people and they have no fear it's like they know they they know they're untouchable. Right? So mm-hmm. if, if we if we're living in an era now where despite the fact we have physical evidence of police brutality, of police using excessive force and there's still no repercussions for that, imagine what it was like 10, 20, 15, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago when you yeah. know we were in the streets and there was no cameras, there was no iPhones, there was no social media no Instagram, no Snapchat, mm. there was no way to document these things, right? and I and I think the, 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 the a, a key, a quote that's been floating around this past week was the Will Smith one where he said um, race, race isn't, um, sorry, what did you say again? Like, racism isn't getting worse, it's just being televised. It's being recorded, yeah, it's just right? being recorded, it's just being recorded right, and it's yeah. crazy, man, like, it's just, I, I, I don't know, man, sometimes it's, it's too hard to fathom, like, I feel like sometimes when you start to beat these things, you just it gets it gets very overwhelming and it gets very upsetting. Yeah, yeah. What what sure. I will say is these two cases are actually the perfect indicators of the entire system. It it closes everything off full circle. The white privilege, especially with Amy Cooper and Shelvin because they were both on camera, and yeah. uh, they were both very smug. That's the one takeaway I had. They were very smug. Uh, Amy Cooper said, I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man harassing me. And he even yeah. said, look, you do that. She's on camera. She doesn't care. She's yeah, yeah. She's so she's so brainwashed by her privilege that she thinks she's going to get away with that, even though it's caught on camera. He yeah, thinks yeah. The, system, the system will still protect her regardless. And this isn't a stupid person, by the way. She went to Chicago. That's an Ivy League university. Like, she's well educated yeah. to the point where this privilege and this um, racist mindset—it just—it pollutes any sort of common sense. It's just so absurd to me. I don't understand someone yeah. like her that's actually intelligent still did still did what she did. knowing she's camera right? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Knowing crazy. that she has, knowing that she has like employers, you know, at yeah. a multinational asset management firm. I think the firm has like I forgot the name of the firm, but it had like five Franklin million, something. Franklin. Franklin. Franklin Tem- Tem- Tempo, like, something. Five billion. Assets under oh, management, five billion. That's, that's a like public. That's man. a publicly listed company. And what was interesting, yeah. the 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 little um, what's it called? I would say silver lining. But the little bit of joy from the situation is that obviously she got suspended, and then I looked at the company's stock price the day after, and it went up by like six percent. That's funny. Know what? When 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 you do the right thing, good things will come to you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying. So I, off, the,
2: off I, the back of that, obviously, I don't know if it's causation or correlation, but it was just funny to see that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I I just wanted to add two things. Um, to what to what uh Shea said about Ahmed abri I don't know if people know this, but you know how it was a father and son situation. Yeah. The father yeah, was an yeah. ex police officer. I don't know if you guys know that he was a police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex. Yeah. Um, and the second thing, you guys, you know, talking about um cases being televised and recorded Mm. it's it's very very important because going back to this george floyd situation they uh they lied and initially said that he was resisting arrest there was a nearby restaurant where he were where the where the event happened that recorded everything which showed not only did he not uh, resist arrest but before they pinned him to the ground he was handcuffed in the police car and they were beating him up in the police car whilst he was handcuffed none one, of this yeah. would have come out you know none of this would have would have been known had that not been recorded so yeah. you know the fact that things are recorded it's it's a very um you know it's a very yeah. it's a very important part of the puzzle yeah
0: and, and the now we've got to this... like they, they still don't care that it's been recorded though which is what makes it even more it's like the the race the institution racism and and the white privilege and the white supremacy is so entrenched that they don't even fear being caught because they know that despite the fact there's evidence, physical evidence, right? When when all of this is tried in like court or whatever, they're not gonna be um, prosecuted for it, right? So yeah, yeah. it's just it, it's just crazy. Like as I think someone mentioned it before, like just the level of arrogance yeah. and the self-serving, and uh, mm-hmm. I, it's just it's just ridiculous, man. It just it's just it just shows you how entrenched all of this is into the system. So the fact that you know you can be. Caught red-handed and still get away with it. It's like you're above the law and you're untouchable because I'm white and he's black. That's literally yeah. how it goes. Yeah. So and then there's the, then there's the complicit ones as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: so that's now, uh, that and that was actually in the actual case itself. So you know there was Derek obviously had his knee on on George's neck, but then you yeah. see the other officer, the other officer, he's just standing there.
0: Yeah, watching,
2: yeah, yeah. seeing this guy being killed, and he's not doing anything about it, you are a law enforcement officer you're meant to serve and protect and if you can see someone's about to die
1: you, you yeah, should
2: yeah. intervene and do something about it you know that yeah, if you listen yeah. to the video there's civilians around screaming at the officers he's about to die, intervene, do yeah. something about it, and he just stood there yeah
0: yeah so yeah. You know, and 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 I think this is this is one of the, the, the the key things that have come about from, you know, all the protests and all the uproar that's happened over the past week is that there's a lot of emphasis being placed on people, non-black people who have been silent through all of this. Right. And you mentioned the police officers who stood, who stood by and they watched my, uh, watched George um, being killed. Right. And, and I think there's something called the um, complicit middle, I think it's called. Right. And in a sense where in, in everything that happens in society, whether it's racial tensions, whether it's, you know, things that happen in the Holocaust, um, all these things, whether it's apartheid in, in South Africa or whatever, you also, you obviously you have the people who are at the far end, like the extreme racists, the white su- supremacists or whatnot, and then you have yeah. the people on the far left who are very, you know, they're, they're anti-racist, they're against this, they fight for justice and whatnot, and then you have the people in the middle who, you know, maybe it doesn't affect them as much or maybe they feel like they don't have a voice um, or they feel like even if they do speak out, like nothing's going to happen, right? These are the people yeah. who are in the middle who are, in a sense, the most guilty of it all because you know they yeah. they see they know that what they're seeing is wrong, right? But they mm-hmm. actively refuse not to make not to take action. And I think it's good that a lot of the a, a lot of the focus over the past week has been to you know our non black people, our non black counterparts who you know say they're not racist, but at the same time. They're silent when it comes to when, when it comes to when it comes to time of justice, right? Yeah. And I think right, you know, yeah. these, these are a certain group of people who actually need to stand up and be accounted and you know take 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 responsibility and accountability for what's going on. I just
1: because, wanted to
0: jump on that. Oh go on, go on, Michael. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just gonna finish because it, it's not it's not only the, the issue of race is not only down to black people to fix this stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right, we're living in a system that was built by and built for white people, right? So, yeah. re- re- really and truly, if if we're going to have active change, to, if we're going to actively try and change this, right, it's going to be white people. We need the support of white people to change this as well. We can't just be Back us. We need this it. Change, right? Back so, it, yeah. yeah, man, it shouldn't just be down to us to, to fix racial tension because everyone has a part to play. Yeah. I did some thinking about it. And it, to me, right now, it seems like an unsolvable situation. So this is, what I, this is an outline of the whole process for me. You have the stimulus, right? So in this case, there's the Amy Cooper and there's the George Floyd being killed. That's the stimulus. And people get outraged and annoyed at this. Black people get outraged, they get annoyed. They go on social media, they campaign. Um, they talk about the fact that it's unfair, there's systematic racism, etc. White people who will say they are non-racist, non-racist and they don't see colour, will not speak on the topic. They don't. don't say anything and leave it to the black people to, to say everything. And nobody really cares what black people think at the end of the day. Now, the black people in the country and the surrounding area, so we're seeing it in Minnesota now, they get annoyed at the fact that nobody's commenting and nothing is changing. So then they... And, and they feel attacked. So they start to attack back and riot in a form of self-defense because they're scared that the police are going to kill them. And the people... are supposed to be allies the non-racists don't help so as i said they get aggressive they riot they fight back then it fuels the racist the actual racist will now say look look what they're doing these these animals they're so violent this is why the police attack them because the police are scared that these people are so violent that they're going to end the policeman's life therefore the policeman shoots first and then that's the next stimulus right because the yeah. the police are scared. They are scared because of this stereotype that black people are so aggressive, they're always rioting. Then they kill them. That's what happened with Philando Castile. The guy the guy just got so flustered and just shot the guy. He just shot Philando for no reason. And yeah, then that's yeah, the yeah. next stimulus. That's yeah. the next stimulus. And then it just it just keeps going in like an unbreakable cycle. Yeah. And the the key aspect of this is the comp- the complicitness. Is that a word? well, the complicit <laughs> people are are the key aspect of this because if you remove that part of the equation, I don't think the rioting would happen yeah, if you just yeah. have public figures talking about it and expressing their concerns so black people feel loved and protected or at least cared for by, by somebody that's not a person of colour. And
1: yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's,
0: you know, okay. I think it's just an unbreakable cycle until we deal with that aspect of it, which is the non-racist. Don't be non-racist, be anti-racist. That's what's been flying yeah. around now. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people think because they're not racist that that's enough, bruv. Like, man, man, I just out here thinking, you know, I'm not racist, so you know, I don't have a part to play, or you know, I'm doing mm. my bit, kind of thing. But fam, um, check check your parents, fam, check your family members, check all the people around you who you know are racist. Like, there's more, there's more to yeah. it than just being about yourself, man. Like, you have a bigger role to play in all of this.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, with with the with the situation that we've just seen with George Floyd. Now we've got uh, an arrest, and he's been charged with third degree murder. How do we feel about this specific situation with the way they've handled post um, post the incident with his arrest? The fact that you no, know, it wait, took two wait, days. What's
1: third degree again? Is it um, by accident?
0: Yeah, so let me let me break it down for you, right? So, first degree murder refers to any murder that was premeditated. Right. So if you actively go out and try and, you know, say, you know what, i want to yeah. kill someone today, you go out and you kill someone, that's first degree murder. All right. Mm-hmm. So second degree murder refers to a homicide that took place at the same time as another felony. So for example, if you went to rob a bank and you know, you killed the the the, the assistant at the bank um yeah. whilst you were doing the robbery, mm-hmm. that would be second degree murder. Okay. And third-degree murder refers to death that takes place when the original intent was simply to harm the victim, right? So, based off the back of that, what they're saying was with this Derek, Derek Chau- Chauvin, or however you say his name, um, mm. he he basically, so they're charging him for this because they feel like he intentionally meant to hurt George Floyd, um, George Floyd, Floyd, sorry, which mm. we can all say he did and then by 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 virtue of you know trying to trying to hurt him, he ended up killing him um so nah, man. Know, you shot so- <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, I, I don't think that's third degree that that to me sounds first, it should be first degree. he wanted to kill the man, the man said, "Please, I can't breathe, please, mm. please, get off me at that point, you know you're killing the guy if you wanted to harm him, you'd take your knee off, so it's first degree yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah.
2: I think I think a vital piece of information when it comes to answering that question is the fact that George and Derek knew each other, and they'd known each other for seventeen years because they worked as bouncers at the same nightclub in Minneapolis.
1: Yeah, they'd oh, known
2: each other, and so yeah. in my opinion, I think Derek had this out for him. Um, yeah. whether he decided he wanted to kill him that very day, I don't know, but he saw that he. He could use his position in authority to kill him. Oh, yeah. oh in fact, yeah. His knee was on his neck for nine minutes. Yeah. Um, as you as you mentioned before, he he was he had passed out already. Oh
0: yeah. And
2: then yeah. and the knee was still on there for you know oh, all of that added and a half or something. Exactly. So when you add all of that yeah. together, that is clear as day premeditated murder to me. Clear as mm. day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it is. It is for sure. As, uh, you know. The situation we have right now is that only Derek has been charged, but there were three other officers involved. Yeah, And, sure. and no action has been taken against them. So you know how?
1: How does that go about? You
0: know? Don't I'm just thinking about these, lot And I'm just thinking like, don't don't you have any mercy? Like, isn't there like just an ounce of mercy like within your soul where you have your you have your knee on a man's neck, right? Even even in the Eric Garner case, right? There's five of you on top of him. You have him in a chokehold, and he's Literally screaming, he's screaming for his life. He's saying I can't breathe. In both cases, I think even George Floyd was calling for his for his mum in that situation, right? Yeah. So a man is a man is saying that, and there's not even one ounce in your body that's that so says, Let me show mercy, let me just ease up a little bit. Like he's on the floor, you know, someone was holding his legs. Um, he was he was handcuffed behind his back. Like what what harm was he literally actually going? to And there's five of you around him as well. So what harm is literally going to come to you in that situation? But it's yeah. just it's just it's just pure pure evilness, pure evilness. Yeah. And, and another and, yeah, go on. I was I was going to say. So he had the smug look, right, thinking he's going to get away with it. Now I've seen this is the problem with social media. I don't know what's real, what's false. I've I've seen an autopsy report flying around where they were like, oh, he had a lot of um, pre-health conditions. So he had, I think, some sort of artery problem and heart disease or something like that, which they were Mm. saying contributed to his death. Like, that was the main issue, not that somebody basically choked him to death. So, again, the system Mm. tried to protect him. Even after that video, I don't understand. man. I just don't uh, understand it's just making me bro, ever since bro ever since COVID they've just been banging on this underlying health issue shit man but
1: yeah. even, <laughs> even if even if even if he had an underlying health issue
0: the, the matter of fact is if he if if, if my yeah. man hadn't have been I put his neck or his knee on his neck for nine minutes he would still be alive today yeah right so whether he had a pre a health yeah, condition yeah. or not is irrelevant right if I get if, if I've got um if I've got high blood pressure or I've got um I've got a weak kidney and someone 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 shoots me in the head tomorrow, right? And you can say because I had I had high blood pressure that that's what led to my death. It does it doesn't make sense. The two are no. irrelevant. You know? Yes. So it's just it's just another thing where despite the fact that there's hard for evidence that he's done something, there's always there's always the system is always finding a of way to, you know, put the blame on the the, the victim in these cases, you know?
2: With that being said, uh has, I'll pose this question to everybody. Has anybody here, obviously world black, has anyone here had any personal experiences with the police that they want to share that, you know, resonates in a, in a similar fashion to the way we've been discussing what's going on. Um
0: not me personally, no. I've actually been no.
1: I guess one of the lucky ones. With myself, I can say that I've been I've been stopped from, uh, mo- multiple times by the um, by the police driving a car. In it, I can say I've been stopped with Paul and I've been stopped with Michael before in in, in the car. Um, in America, I went okay. to America in 2015. Going through customs, they stopped me because um my Muslim name, and I'm black. They're asking me questions like. Um, they pulled me to the side Mm -hmm. I went through customs they said can you come to the side with me please um, took me into a room they were saying "Um, have you ever been to Pakistan before Uh, have you ever been involved with aliens all of this nonsense like just because I'm black and my name's um, aliens like come on and then that can even link in with why I got stopped with Michael um, because I was driving
2: I mean it's clear you know clear
1: yeah like, it, why? Yeah. Why while I was driving, I, I think we were driving to Stratford with Michael. Yeah, driving to Stratford, Michael to link. Link up the man in a minute. And um, got stopped by an Asian and a and a white guy saying that they looked at my name and they saw the person driving the car and they said, let's 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 stop them because it, it doesn't match up." Like there are black people that have Muslim names. Like is not. I I just see an underlying issue. It's not just the uh, the white people that that are included in this racism of the police, also the Asian. It, it, it can be the Asians because the Asian guy stopped me, saying the names don't so match up. Like this, this is an ongoing prerogative I've been seeing.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. i um, interesting to hear. I mean, I've had my own, you know, I've had my own interactions with the police as well. Um, one of the more recent ones was well, I've had a couple. So one of the ones that stands out was in 2017. I was traveling across the border from Canada into the US, um, and a couple of friends and I, a couple of friends and I, rented some cars to drive from upstate New York into the city. It's about a seven-hour drive, um, and we paid for the cars on debit cards. Now the woman over the counter who was representing the company, she was saying how you can only, apparently, you can only rent cars or or hotels etc cetera, etc cetera, on credit but you know no one really uses credit like that over here we use a debit card and uh there was you know there's a bit of a verbal altercation between one of my friends and the woman over the counter now during that whole process I didn't say anything on purpose because I knew you know it's a different story over here we were, we spent a, a week in Canada but we're, but now in the US, it's a different, you know, it's a different pool game. Mm. I know yeah. I'm aware of my situation. Bearing in mind I'm the only black person in this group. So I purposely didn't say anything. See now the woman over the counter calls the police on us. There's a group of five of us. There's about eight or nine officers that come through. Obviously, they're armed. And she's as they're walking towards us, she's screaming at them, saying that I threatened her. You uh she, yeah, me, me, she, me oh specifically. Karen me. I threatened her. She was uh scared for her life, uh, etc. Just just you know, a bunch of lies. And um, you know, to God be the glory, nothing nothing escalated really. We we managed to de escalate the situation. Uh yeah. but it's not it's not some people don't always come out lucky like that. So that was Broad. uh that was a that was a Goodness oh, gracious. a weird yeah. altercation. I mean, police God themselves, now. yeah. I mean, it was a big group of the police. Most of them were okay, but a few of them were quite provocative, and they were, yeah. you know, you could tell they were trigger happy. You know, they were they wanted to start something.
0: Bro, it sounds it sounds exactly like these, you the cases we've discussed. It sounds like they were out to kill you, and that's kind of scary, mm-hmm. man. I was just gonna say one thing and Michael you can jump in would after. You, would... It's quite interesting because yeah. the one thing um when I've had this discussion with some British black people I know, the one thing that would come up sometimes is like at least if we go to America we have the British accent, right? Therefore we'll be okay. We're not like they'll know we're not African Americans, so they shouldn't they shouldn't pester us and provoke us that much. And clearly you have a story here with Paul where he's been treated the exact same way. So it's literally they see black and they see and they get scared and and it's cause trouble, man. But yeah, go on, Michael. Um I was just gonna say, I was gonna ask you, man, um would you man think Uh, obviously um a lot of people say that the well a lot of Americans, for example, they look at the situation over here in the UK and they kinda they don't really they don't really see it as a thing as like we we're having a struggle over here and they think that um, it's very different um, over here as it is to the US. So do you guys agree with that? Do you disagree? What are your views in a way like the relationship with the black people have with the police in the UK as compared like to the relationship they have in the US?
2: Um, I think that pol- over-policing of black people is present in both systems, both, both countries. I think because of the nature of uh, you know, access to weapons or whatnot. You may not see yeah. as many extreme cases in this country, but I feel like I do feel like the underlying sentiment is near enough similar. Um, yeah. You know, our, our history slightly our histories slightly differ from our counterparts over in the U.S. But we know that this country has its own fair share of racism within the police system. I mean the most famous yeah. case would be Stephen Lawrence about twenty five years ago. Uh, I mean, yeah. well, about thirty years ago. But you know, time yeah. and time after get time and time again, we see case after case of you know injustice uh, from the police, or excess use of force when it comes to arrests being made. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen falsification of evidence, um, tampering of evidence when it comes to criminal cases. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a long line and there's a long list of names similar to the names that we we know about. Derek Garner's, the Flann Castillos, the Alton Sterling's. There's a similar list of UK names. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not it's not uh, pre rainbows over here.
0: Mm, yeah. um, <laughs> well what do i think what do i think i guess to be honest it's always difficult with these things because we just don't have the means to do a true comparison we need in order to do a a proper comparison it would have to be a situation where police have access to guns in the in the united kingdom would they be trigger happy like the americans i believe so man i believe so like the I believe so. the, the, the systematic racism is is pretty much in line with what's happening in the US. I'm sure there's a lot of, like we said, Amy Cooper's and the like, and racist policemen. Um, however, they just don't have they just don't have the access to to these weapons of destruction, is what I call them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, even... I think it's yeah, I think it's pretty similar to be honest. Go and rest. Yeah,
1: yeah, because uh, even um, let's say uh the oh, oh, the guy in manchester that the i the father in manchester who was, was with his son or who was with his child even that you can tell from um you can even tell from that that the, i will not say the mindsets the mindsets are like very similar so just because they don't have access to the guns and weapons that um the American um police do it doesn't mean that if they wouldn't have these weapons, be, the outcome would just be would be the same because you can see that even with tasers, they'd be overusing tasers a lot in the UK. Yeah, I can, I can say That's that from a first-hand point of view because even in, in in uni, you had some house parties, police would be coming in with tasers, like it's it's crazy. They love to overuse their power. They always think that they are the police. Think they're the oppressors, man. That's what I believe, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, mm. yeah. Fair. No, I I, I agree with you guys, man. I think the the major difference is simply the fact that over here guns aren't used as frequently so the amount of fatalities that you do have um are you know considerably less compared to the US for example um but I I think Mm. it's I I think it's 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 an interesting one because you know for example a lot of people in the US will sometimes look across the UK and think that you know everything is rosy over here and you know, like we don't really experience racism over here. And as Paul you've said, that there's a lot of historical context to why the situation in the US is slightly different to us. Um to a large extent, a lot of the disparities they have there are um have been the stuff that's been entrenched in, in, in the law, like you know, things like the Jim Crow laws and stuff. So these are things yeah. that kinda of lead to it. Um but it's interesting because a lot of a lot of a lot of white people in Europe will, you know, say like yeah you know what the, the um in the U in the EU or in Europe or whatever in the UK were were very much accommodating and XYZ but I just think mm-hmm. it's something that's not true and there's obviously this perception that racism in the UK is, is very is very covert which mm-hmm. fam here, here, here in the UK is mad because people white people here would deny that they're so racist that it's kind of it's hard to even it's it's hard to call it out as much, man. Like people, people here are so they're so oblivious and they're so like they're yes, so adamant yeah. that they're not mm. racist that it becomes even more of a difficult conversation to have because mm. they just they they swear they swear on their grave that they're not racist and there's no racism in the UK. <laughs> and it, swear on me, that's nice like, life. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, swear, I swear I'm not racist. My neighbour's black, kind of. You know, you know that thing we talk about that all the time, isn't it? Yeah, but that's very much the sentiment over here. Like they think just because. Like I remember, like even even on the um, I don't know if you saw this video of this girl on the, on a TL who was making an apology because she was using the n word. Her she
1: boyfriend. Like, yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, "I'm not." She, apparently, she, yeah, she was using the n word or whatever, and she was like, oh, "I'm not racist. Like, I plan to have mixed race kids with <laughs> Did a black man." Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. You know, this stuff like, yeah, that, that video was so cringe, bruv. I can't, I can't even lie to you. And one yeah. week later, one guy is going to go and, and, and fulfil her
2: need as well. That's the saddest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dr. Umar said, stay away from them.
0: Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> bro, Dr. Umar being his bag, man. I swear down. My goal. Um.
2: But yeah, just, I guess, kind of <clears throat> coming off the back of what's all been said, um, how do we feel like we can address what has been going on for a very long time as far as policing and, and Black people? Um, you know, it's it's a pretty big question. It's a pretty loaded question. Yeah. It's an extensive question. There's I know there's layers to this. How do we feel like we yeah. can make some changes, tangible, actionable changes? I know I've got some ideas, but I'll, I'll see what you guys have to see.
1: Well, for me, I think we've gotta go back to the problem and the problem exists because white people think they're better than black people and they want to oppress us and allow us to be oppressed so we can't stop the problem is for the white people to stop the problem because they have um they need to talk about themselves and realize that they have responsibility for what they are doing to us because it's not like because we've been doing this peaceful thing for over let's say 15, 59 years mm. and nothing has changed nothing has changed at all yeah so for them to now realize that something's wrong we have to be more more aggressive we have to we have to do these rights to let them know that something is wrong otherwise they're going to keep doing they're going to keep acting like nothing's happening yeah yeah because yeah. even when you when you go back to the study of how white people took over um America, how they now like basically have controlled world It's not like they did it peacefully. They've yeah. been doing this yeah. aggressive thing from the, from the from the get. Yeah. So we now we, we need we now need to do what they're doing and let them understand that what they're doing is not right.
0: Interesting. So we need to
1: keep up. We need to keep up with the rights. That's, that's that's honestly. Oh,
0: you think so? Let them
1: know, bro. Because if if we mess up the system, then we'll, we'll, they're gonna have to change the system.
0: Is, is that yeah. not true? Uh <laughs> interesting. Um the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that is I just don't think black people have the strength in numbers, man. population-wise, firepower-wise. I don't even think it's wise, man, because they don't have the strength in numbers. Um but I guess I do I do agree with you in some parts in respects. But my mm-hmm. est- because to tackle yeah, go on.
1: To to tackle an extreme we need to do an extreme. You can't attack an extreme with non-extreme. Because it's not gonna work. To be honest,
0: I don't think my heart can take it, man. I don't it might sound soppy, but I'm just so tired of seeing negative things. I'm tired of seeing people die. I'm tired of seeing aggression from all fronts, man. I just don't wanna see it. I don't wanna see it from black people. I feel like if they all it's gonna do is is fuel the racist further. It's what I said, it's part of that cycle. The racist people will see that. And say, look, you see, they're aggressive. This is why X Y Z. This is why they're oppressed. This is why the police are scared, and that's why they kill them. And you're just going to perpetuate stereotypes further. That the media and the system already does enough, in my opinion. So,
1: so I don't know not, about so, that.
0: So you're not you're not advocate of the the riots and stuff. The like rioting? This. No, I'm not. I'm not. Cause it, and the thing is, I'm a very I go off stats, and I go off empirical evidence like we've seen this happen so many times and at the end of the day we're still like we, we we come back to square one every time so it's clearly not the solution okay, So like,
1: if it's not riots then what what can you do to show that something's wrong
0: i'm glad you asked raz um so what i think <laughs> now what i think is a lot of the, the biggest problem for me is the ones that are non-racist. I really like this term non-racist versus anti-racist. Um, mm, mm, mm. The complicit the complicit non-racist that accept black people, they're friends with black people they love the culture they love yeah. they love mute, they love the music, they love the food. but when it comes to speak up about issues such as yes. George Floyd such as Amy Cooper, they're silent. And it's it's the whole psychology that I don't want to be the one to deal with it. Um, someone else can deal with it, right? And then they, yeah. do, this, they do this in numbers. But yeah. when these people that you love, that you want to break bread with, that you want to have a good time with, are getting killed in front of your eyes, you don't have anything to say because, oh, I'm not racist, I'm non-racist. It's not about not being racist now because there's too many people that are racist. When you have to be mm. anti-racist and join hands with the black people that are complaining yeah. peacefully, hopefully, in my opinion, and that's when it will start to change. Now,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I would like to see it from the average white person, but in my opinion, the most powerful, loved actors, sportsmen, um, ex-presidents, whoever white people love in abundance and who white people listen mm. to. They're the ones that need to speak up the most because it's that's the only way it's gonna change. If you yeah, riot yeah. if you riot, the racist will say um, that black people are aggressive and this is why people like the murderer the, the policeman that murdered Fernando Castile, this is why they're scared. So that doesn't work. It doesn't work. And how
1: how, how are you gonna get these non racists to be anti racist? Mm-hmm. How are you going to get Um, these non-racists
0: to be anti-racists? To be anti racist it's about educating. It's about educating. I think there's a lot of posts flying around that I know for a fact some some white person somewhere who is currently a non-racist will read and start to understand. There's a lot of posts I've seen like what white people can do. I've seen posts about what being complicit means, what white privilege is. A lot of people still don't even know that they are privileged. You know, um and yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just it's just educating applying, applying yeah role. yeah 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 it's all about educating it's all about educating i think that's that's the number one thing and the mm-hmm. other thing i'd say is also we just need more visibly successful black people not just in sports not just in media not just in music i want to see ceos of for um what's the american one what's fortune fortune 500 Whatever. Yeah, yeah, all them. I, I need to see more black CEOs. I need to see more black people infiltrating what the prestigious institutions in America where they're visible. You see intelligent black men and women in top corporations, in top universities. And that's what will change. The problem
1: is Bro, the media sorry, always.
0: Sorry, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm going to stop you there. I, I think I'm going gonna... to. With that point, yeah. Yeah, it's for me. It's 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 an interesting one, right? Because I feel like we, we a lot of the times we talk about, you know, to make change, we kind of need, we need um black faces in like high positions and stuff. But mm-hmm. oh, if if we're keeping it our buck, right? We've had positions where, bam, Br- Barack Obama was at the highest position in the whole the world, right? Even when he even yeah. when he was president, there. I think mm-hmm. there was other high high um you know, high officials who were black as well. Like, I don't remember the titles that they gave them in in the US, but let's say, for example, like the Supreme Court headed that kind of Mm. uh, black, right? It probably wasn't that title, but there was a few prominent black people in in high positions, right? And, you know, within that era, we had the Eric Garner, we had the Mac Browns, right? And, And I think with this privilege thing, yeah, there's two aspects to it, right? So there's, of course... There's, there's, of course the racial, the racial privilege which, you know, we all know is a thing, right? And there's also the privilege you get by virtue of, um, you know, having money or being, being, um, having wealth, for example. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. tends to be the case is that, for some, for some black people, you see that when certain black people, not all black people, right, but certain black people, when they get themselves into these positions of power. It's a lot yeah. easier for them. Is what happens is a lot of them get more entrenched into the system, right? And yeah, agreed. I agree. Imagine you're this this. Imagine you're this black person in a in a mad white environment here, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. a lot of these black people they start to watch their own backs and they start to come from maybe maybe it's a selfish perspective or maybe it's more of a survival perspective where what what their main focus is is to preserve the position they're in right and yeah. so if you're if you're someone where you're the only black black face in a white room right a lot mm-hmm. of black people don't have the courage to say you know what i'm gonna stand up for what's right i'm gonna stand up for my people because they're scared about the repercussion they're scared that if you're if you're in a boardroom of 20 board members and you're 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 one of the only black people
1: how's that mm-hmm. gonna make
0: you look if you're the one person who's talking about race all the time right so mm. of course it's one I thing think that's the point we though kinda, we, we kind of need yeah, exactly, but it's not just about having black people in positions, it's about having the right type of black people in the positions. I think that's maybe Agreed. that's maybe what the emphasis needs to be on because there's been so many cases in the past where you've had black people in prominent positions and things haven't changed one bit, sort of thing, right? So I yeah. think the point your point still stands, but it just needs to be it, it we, we need to make sure that, you know, when we do have people infiltrating positions that they're doing what it needs to be done to obviously educate and apply pressure where where necessary, right? And and sometimes yeah. it takes... It, it, when we have black people in that position, it takes them to... They have to be willing to risk everything for the cause, right? So a perfect Agreed. example is Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. situation where he, have, he took the knee for what he thought was right and at the end of the day, he paid the ultimate price because since taking that knee, he's not played one game of American football, right? Mm. So how, how, how many of us are willing fight for the cause so much that everything we love everything we stand for everything we're passionate about our jobs our family um whatever it could be how many of us are willing to risk that for the cause right? Yeah. so it takes it takes having someone who is as courageous as the likes of Colin Kaepernick as the likes of other people who have you know put put their position in jeopardy for the cause to where we mm. uh, to get to a place where we actually can change right so i think having the black face is not enough you need to have the right type of person there, you know. Yeah, I do agree. I think I have a couple of things to respond to that. Um, yes, I do agree. Yeah. You need the right. You need the right type of black person. I do feel yeah. the problem you talked about, where black people are afraid to speak up, happens because mm. there is a lack of black people in the first place. When black people are in numbers yeah. and when there's strength in numbers, I feel like they would become more unapologetically black um, and probably be be more confident to fight for these issues if you're in a boardroom and 11 or let's say 8 out of 20 are black that's completely different to being the only black person right now it's always the only black person oh that one that one black guy that managed to make it to becoming the president uh obama or that one black guy who managed to make it to a, a senior position in the criminal justice system and the problem for me is when it's just one they don't see, suddenly they don't even see you as black. They see you as what I call, this is what I call different black. They see you as the, the different one. Like, you're not like the rest of them. You're more like us. You're more like a white person. You've you've broke out of the hood or wherever you've come from. You're not like the rest yeah. of those, those scoundrels, those aggressive thugs. That's how they think. It's if you see, I feel like if you start to see a large proportion or just a much larger proportion, your mindset will change. My brother was telling me, I I haven't got the the source to back this, but around the time of the Olympics, during and straight after the Olympics, they did a survey on people's opinion of black people. So white people's opinions, white Americans' opinions of black people. And it changed drastically because you see people running for your country, they're working hard, they're in a positive light, they're winning medals. Um, So it's about, it's not so much to have them in that position even for them to speak up, it's just to represent. Because right now, only representation of Black people is always negative, always, yeah, always, yeah, yeah. always negative. And that's, yeah. I think, the, the biggest problem.
1: No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, go on.
0: Can, 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 I, can I
2: jump in here? Uh, um, so with regards to the question about solutions and going forward, um, You've made some great points, Cher. Uh, I respect the point. You know, I respect the points you've made, but I'm going to respectfully disagree with that as an approach. Um, I go back to what Raz was talking about with regards to rioting. Yes, please. You know, whether rioting is or not is is the, is the way to go forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I absolutely think it's the way to go forward, and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> we we have been peacefully protesting for yeah. 50, 60 years. Yeah. And we've, say, we've seen next to no changes with regards to police relations mm. and mm-hmm. black people. We peacefully protested when Colin Kaepernick took a knee and he complained about that. You see, the great, late the late and great Martin Luther King said that mm. rioting is the language of the people who are unheard. You've got a group yeah. of people who are mm. poor, generally quite undereducated with regards to the schools they go yeah. to. They have poor access yeah. to health. Right now, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. They are fed up of seeing people who look like them yeah. executed for no reason. These people mm. have been using violence for hundreds and hundreds of years. late and great Martin Luther King, yeah. uh, sorry, Malcolm X, he said that you deal with your oppressor in the language that they understand. And it's mm. quite evident. It's quite axiomatic. Violence of money, I agree. These people only understand uh uh violence. And so until we yeah. drive until we drive violence through to the point where we're changing law, we're changing federal law yeah, yeah, yeah. as to how policing is done, as to how police programming is done. And I'm going to get into all of that with this response. We're not going to go anywhere. We, we are simply not going to go anywhere. It's not about, like, we're, we're not talking yeah, about, yeah. you know, black people in high-flying position. We're talking about simply respecting our humanity to the point where we can stay alive. You know, America promised these people when they freed them you know you're going to be given respect uh, uh liberty freedom and the ability to live in peace and they've failed on that promise can so, i
0: just jump in there oh the the general racist white person right why are they why are they more respectful to people of asian descent for example why do you think that is do you think do you think Asians used violence at some point or is it because they're in more respectable positions because i
2: t- i I'll, t- mm. I'll tell you the answer to that is because they fit the model minority the the model minority um uh, concept i agree. Which is, i'm gonna do x y and z so that the white man sees me in a certain light um and so they play up to that respectability politics you shouldn't have to mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to have to um you know warp the way that you live your life to be seen as a human being. And to just simply exist. We're talking about existing. It's not even about like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. It, before we talk about occupying high-flying positions and infiltrating the system in X, Y, Z, uh, you know, corporation. You know, people talking oh, about, yeah. oh, the, uh, these people are looting and these people are doing blah, blah, blah. If yeah. you actually watch a lot of the videos, because I've been following a lot of the videos, there's a lot of undercover police people,
1: mm.
2: white undercover police, who are... Who are uh, you know, same buildings on fire, they're saying institutions on fire. Merchandise and, and inventory can be replaced, but black lives cannot be replaced and until they, they understand that. I don't think people should stop. Right now you've got you've got mm. this guy saying on a third degree murder charge. We just discu- we just discussed that it should have been a first degree. Yeah. What's gonna change if we just say, you know what? We'll accept that third degree murder charge yeah. and we'll let these officers just go by. I mean yeah that's that's just kind of what I wanted to go off top as far as actual
0: change I, just, I think even, this even on that so before you move on from the violent stuff right so you can come back in but one thing I'll just say is even me personally by nature right I'm not I'm not really a violence kind of person right I'm not someone who yeah. you know quickly choose violence as an as an option but if you look in if if, if you if you look in history right everything everything that was worth fighting for there was some sort of yeah. violence that had to take place right if you look at mm. if you look at even you know all mm. the types of revolutions yeah. all the coups um the world wars That's right. Right? it all it all ended up in violence because there was one group of people who had a cause that they felt was so was their cause the cause was so great that they felt that it was worth dying for and they had to go to war for right so if like if if for example in the world war or in the cold war and stuff you can go to war because of simple simple ideologies right let alone like being physically murdered but it's ideologies about like the way of life and the the kind of way that you you all live in a system if you can go to war for that then how could you not go to war for the bare fact that your people are being killed just for the the, the, and being mistreated simply because of the 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 colour of their skin right when you start to look at when you start to look at stuff in that perspective you realise that Actually, fighting for this, going to <laughs> war for this, I... being violent for this is something that is 100% commendable, right? And at the same time, I feel like people are dealing with a lot of pain and they're dealing with a lot of hurt. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's no... People, people should have a right to express that in the way that they feel they need to express that, you know? And as Paul said, right... Looting and stuff like this is merchandise that can be replaced. These are multi-billion million pound um, enterprises that you know in a mm-hmm. space of a week they're gonna they're gonna restart they're going repurchase this right. I think it's less mm-hmm. about it's less about the actual looting and whatever it is the, the, the physical tangible assets and it's more about expressing that you are fed up of the way things are and expressing that you can't you're, you're, you, you can't let this thing continue any longer sort of thing, right? Mm. And if peaceful marches aren't gonna aren't gonna work, if I'm if if taking a knee is not gonna work, then bro, what what, what else is there for me to do? But you know what I'm saying? Like even 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 yeah. in, you know, African Caribbean backgrounds, right? Your parents will say if if you don't hear you must feel sort of thing. Right? Mm. These 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 are these are just the ways that people have been brought up as, as to how they can make a change. And me personally, I don't I don't really feel like I can argue with them on this.
1: But yeah, 100%, 100%.
2: yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know what, I'm I'm so glad you brought up historical events because history is our best teacher, it is our number one teacher when it comes to these things. I'll give you two cases, one with a, yeah, a violent yeah, approach, yeah, yeah. one with a non-violent approach. You had the Haitian revolution, the Haitian people were fighting for their freedom. Um, and they used, they used a violent approach yeah. and they were the first independent black country from colonial rule before any of the African countries got their independence in the 1800s. If we go back to 2003, when George Bush and Tony Blair were going into war in Iraq, you had one of the largest peaceful protests ever recorded in history in this country. One million people protested in in London for them to not invade Iraq, not invade Iraq. And what did they do? They invaded Iraq. 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 You fight your oppressor with what they understand. That's what yeah. that's what I think people should do. It should be, I think there should be a bit more. It should yeah, be a little yeah. bit more organized, and um, there should be a strategy with it 100%. as far as how you you actually demonstrate on the streets. But absolutely, it's, it's, that's what they hear. That's what they hear. As far as actual, you know, things that we should be pushing for. These, these are some of the things that I have in mind. I, I think there should be imp- implementation of federal laws, which mm-hmm. state that if an officer is present. And witnesses, their colleague committing any act of murder or violence, they should be charged. I think that, I think that any officer who has a history, yeah, and this yeah. goes back to what, um, the, the Derek guy who killed George, he had a history of, of violent offences. Any officer mm-hmm. who has a history of violent offences should be automatically barred yes. from serving yeah. any sort of civil role. So police, military, political, you know, anything like that. Um if you if you study history, if you go back to nineteen sixty eight there was something called the Afro-American Police League. Um, it was established in Chicago after Dr. King was assassinated. and the reason why it was established was because obviously there were you know poor relations between the black community and police. and so they wanted to improve relations and then they they also sort of assembled to help police sort of self-police black community
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like
2: it should be some sort of uh, black led yeah. national independent commission when it comes to investigating claims and accusations of police brutality mm. in this context. And that, that commission should mm. receive federal funding. Absolutely. So that people yeah. are able to follow these lawsuits and local representatives of the commission should be voted in by local communities. Um there should also be a, a complete review as to what what goes into the training programs of police? Because yeah. I mean, some of the videos you've seen when it comes to how
0: police uh, deal with black people it's appalling. Yeah, bro. There's no training, fam. There's no there's no technique. There's no safe safe hazarding. There's no there's no coherent approach as to how they deal with things, bro. Is like literally they're on the front line, winging, winging everything, bro. Yeah, winging sure. everything. It's like, right. for example, right? You sorry, sorry to cut you Paul, but for example, even even with when when you're when you're someone who has enough power as a policeman, especially in the states where they really have guns, right? There should be several steps that are taken in place before you even draw for that weapon, right? There should be so many things in place before you get to that stage. But countless of times we're seeing videos in which the weapons are being drawn so quickly and so early without mm. any present threat, right? And 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 for me, it's just. What 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 I can clearly see, even even besides, and this is this is maybe one of my solutions, right? Is just that even if you step a, if you step away from the whole racial aspect for a, for a second, these yeah. officers look like they lack any sort of training whatsoever, right? And mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of them, they they are so when they're on the job, they all look so nervous, bro. It's like like for example, you know, sometimes when you see people on ends or you see people in movies that they have guns, right? And they're so excited to use the gun, like they're they're trigger happy. Yeah. This is exactly how it looks like these police officers are because it seems like they have no training, right? And so it seems like as soon as the second that they have one split second of, um, you know, um, that they're unsure of what's going to happen or, you know, they can't see something or man is drawing for, I I don't even know, like, especially the cases where someone's in a car and they're trying to pull over, or maybe they're trying to undo their seatbelt. Before you know it, man's taken 10 shots to the chest. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. so I think the first thing is just the fact that these police officers seem to have no sort of training whatsoever. A lot of them are fit and unproper proper to hold, to to even, to, to to hold a gun, let alone be a police officer. And and, and I think there was there was a, a, a skit or a comedy sketch. I think it was by Chris Rock or it was by, um either Chris Rock or Deja Park, I can't remember. You guys must have seen it, where, where he's talking about how um, it's about Black Lives Matter and it's about how you know people say that not not all not all cops are racists that is only a few a, a few bad apples right mm. and he's basically saying that there are certain jobs in the world where you can't afford to have a few bad apples because the consequence of having yeah, that is it, it, yeah. it can be so great and the example yeah. was that if you're if you're an airline company like EasyJet or your British Airways right and one of yeah, your yeah. pilots one of your pilots is I don't know. Let's say he can't drive. A, he can't drive the plane properly, or he's unfit to drive. And all of a sudden, you say, "Oh yeah," but not all of our pilots are like that. But that's one pilot who, if he makes that one mistake, there's 250 people in the aircraft. That's 250 people, 250 lives that are lost because you have one bad apple. It's the same thing when I you think have it a police officers yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Dave Chappelle? It, it, it's the same. So. It's the same. It's the same example where you have police officers who have so much power in the fact that they're able to. Hold and possess a gun and use it as they please. You can't afford to have bad apples in that ser- in that certain environment. Same way when we have, you know, when it when it comes to things like teaching, um, when we have teachers, right? They all have to do some sort of DBS check. You make sure they don't have any sexual um, sex, sex. They're not on a sex offenders list. There are so many things you have in place so that these children are safeguarded. Which is what you said earlier, Paul. About you know if there's any police officers who have prior convictions or they have any tra- track record of being violent. Then you don't allow these people to run a police force. You 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 make sure that you are dispatched straight away. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing that needs to happen with the police force. And right now, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like any old person who applies for a badge gets the badge, and and they get no training, and they have a gun, and they can just use the gun how they please. That's how it looks yeah. like to me.
2: Yeah, definitely. Because because yeah. this Derek officer, he had eighteen citations
0: against him before this George case. So he was known. To be, I mean, a psycho. To be honest, he's basically a thug. He's basically a criminal. He's a criminal. He's worse than he's civilians. A, he's a he's, he's a criminal on the street with a gun and a badge. That's it. It's ridiculous, man. It's it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I, I think even 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 for me, when it comes to solutions, I think there's there's two levels to it, right? There's there's a level which you you just discussed and I, and we've we've mainly said. I, I don't know if you finished your point, by the way. Um, um I mean there what, were there. Sorry? Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Then I'll, I'll come
2: so I, was, I was speaking about how, yeah, there should, <laughs> a, a creation of a union for police officers against police brutality and misconduct. Um, I think they should exist to support officers who are involved in drawing attention to acts of police misconduct and fighting against the culture of silence and enablement, uh, which obviously exists within the culture because, you know, we saw the video of the second officer just watching on as Derek was amusing yeah yeah um so there, there should definitely be i guess this kind of echoes with what share was saying about being complicit even complicity if that's the word within police departments you know watching your, your fellow officers commit yeah. shit like fuck me from being honest you know, and not doing anything about it yeah. um so yeah that's kind of that's kind of what i wanted to what i wanted to
0: drive through so, so for me, there's two, there's two ways to tackle this issue, right? There's, of course, number one, which is the most, I wouldn't say most pressing, but it's the most visible option, which is the fact that we have a police force, not just in the US, but around the world in which they're not adequately doing their jobs. A lot of the people who are on the police force have, are racist and hold racial views. Um, and a lot of them aren't fit to carry a gun or use a badge, right? That's number one. So for me, On that front, there's several practical steps that can be taken to make sure that that part of the that side of the puzzle or that side of the coin is adequately um, addressed. And a lot of it is what you've mentioned, Paul, right? The the, the training, um, the sort of putting things into federal law about, you know, uh, being being complicit when you can see um, one of your colleagues um, harassing, um, abusing murdering yeah. attacking um civilians right so these are those are actually things which i think are the low-hanging fruit that can be done and implemented very quickly right and then the second aspect is the fact that of course a lot of this a lot of this is stuff that is racial um how would you even put it? racial prejudice i don't even know if that's a thing but things that are yeah. entrenched in our society and, and in our communities right and these are things that are gonna have been there for, for decades, for centuries, and are gonna be a lot harder to uproot. Um, but one thing, one thing I would say about that is I think one of the things that's lacking um in terms of having a response to this is the fact that there's still not that one coherent body that represents black people across the world. Right. So when it comes to when it comes to situations like this, I feel like there needs to be a level of um solidarity which to be fair we are seeing a lot of that right so a lot of this stuff especially what's happening now started off in the states with george floyd but you're Mm -hmm. seeing how the outrage has spread across the world and particularly the uk and you know what over here in the uk we're marching we're protesting we're making our voices heard right and these Mm -hmm. this is a kind of solid solid wow solidarity that we need and the stuff that we're seeing and and is amazing but at the same time, I feel like there needs to be, which I think you've mentioned, highlighted a bit as well, Paul. There needs to be a formal sort of body and organization that stands for the um the, the 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 success and the progression of the black community. Right. Hence when we come when we when we have a situation like this, we need to have I wouldn't say we need to have spokespeople. Maybe we do, maybe we don't, but there needs to be a coherent Policy agenda that Black people follow in times like this, right? Whereas yeah. we need to, you know, whether it's mobilize our resources, mobilize um, our our um, our, what would you even call it? Just mobilize ourselves, even when it comes to protests, right? We need to have that body, and I think, you know, in the past there's been attempts to to achieve something like this, especially in regards to things like Pan Africanism, um, and and things of the such that that was quite prominent in the 50s and the 60s. But I think until mm-hmm. until we have that sort of overarching body and that sort of organization that represents the, the 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 views, the values and the interests of black people worldwide, um, for me I still struggle to see how you know we can we can make um huge strides in, in regards to things like this. So I think that's something that we, we kinda need to look into. Can I jump in? Yeah, um sure. obviously I'm gonna stick by I don't think in fact, let me just say, I think both of what yourself, Michael, and Paul have said are very practical solutions. And then you alluded to something, which is what I was trying to say in my solution. The biggest problem is the unconscious. It's what's in the mind. It's not really the physical, in my opinion. If you can't change yeah. that mindset, it doesn't matter what nation you make, what union you make, what, what laws you make. However, you want to make a new amendment. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. Um, it's not gonna change the unconscious bias and the deep-rooted hatred and prejudice. And that, for me, the only way to solve that is to fix the perpetuation, the perpetuation of stereotype. This mindset comes from the fact that black people worldwide, and in let's say specifically America, are just seen in such a negative light all the time. The media all the time, um, painting black people in a negative light. And until that changes, you can implement any sort of practical system or process or project that you want. I don't think it's going to change. Honestly, I just don't think it's going to change. And we'll be having the same conversation in the next few years again. Because everything you guys have said, um, I'm sure people have said in the past. And it's it's a mental game for me. A lot of it. A lot of it is is a mental game. It's unconscious yeah. bias. It's deep rooted hatred, and phew, I don't know. I don't know how you <laughs> how you infiltrated that issue, and that's what I think should be the main focus. Think.
2: Yeah, I, I hear that. The thing is, thing. My 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 kind of answer to that, or just kind of understanding of that, is people. Who are like the people you've just described with that mindset? They shouldn't be joining the police force to begin with. But you'll well, never know. Right you'll well, never know they have that. Well, if if there's a if there's a tra- if there's a um, some sort of screening process, a training process, like a very yeah, comprehensive yeah, yeah. process before people are put, you know, put into the police force after yeah. ten weeks of police academy, which is literally what they do. It's like ten or twelve weeks of police academy. If there's a proper yeah. vetting process before. And they're not going to join the police to begin with. You know, I'm not going to be... I'll be honest with you. Do I think racism is going to be completely uh, eradicated? Nah, it's not. That that bias is always going to be there, unfortunately. And I think that's... I think that's more of a human nature thing, actually, if you want
0: to
2: boil it down to primitive, you know, blah, blah, blah. But those... Psychos who go around killing people for no reason—well, for mm-hmm. for racist reasons they, they should not be joining the police to begin with. You sh- you have yeah. no reason to uphold such a—it's meant to be such a respected role where you serve and protect the community. Yeah, you you have yeah, no yeah, business yeah. joining that position.
0: So that's that's kind of how I see that.
1: Hundred yeah. percent. And,
0: and as I, I, as I was saying, say it as well, right? These these things are. The low-hanging fruit, right. So when I say yeah. low-hanging fruit, these are things that are are things that can be measured, right. These are tangible actions that can take place right now, right. When yeah. we talk about things like legislation, these these are things that we can physically try and change as of now, right. And when it mm-hmm. comes to things like, and I think obviously the the focus here is policing, right, because to a certain extent, the the the, the police, the police are sort of like the one organization i can think of in which when it comes to us as individuals versus the police or the government should we say we're almost helpless because if a policeman was to come to my house now with guns and told me to do something right now like I, I physically can't attest to that oh not attest. i physically can't um what's the word i'm looking for i i, I basically can't know I, I can't say no i can't reject that because i'm, I'm afraid of the fact that this guy could shoot me and there will be no repercussions for that, so he can literally do what he wants. He he has that much power over over me as a black man, right? So if if we if we can do things that kind of prevent the wrong type of people entering these these positions of so much power, then it's things that we can physically do that kind of limit the effects. Of course, racism will still be there, but the more you can limit, as you said, Paul, psychopaths running around with a badge and a gun, claiming that they're protecting us when really and truly they're just you know, living out their fantasy of har- of harming and abusing black people, um, then mm. I think that's something that should be done. Yeah, mm. that's fair enough. Mm. You know what? I can think of one foolproof solution, and there's only one, I think, mm. and that actually is to leave the West and prosper in Africa. Yeah. I think I think that's the actual solution. It can't- Imagine if Africa and all of the African countries were not as corrupt as they are and they ha- and they utilised the resources available. It would be the next China. And at that point, African-Americans would go back, uh, black British people would go back, the parents would go back, and you're in an accord. It's you're not in- feasible. It's, well, it's not, but it's, I'm just saying this is the only way. Because I'm telling you, if Africa starts to prosper. Racism will end because you guys said yourself, you need to talk in a language that they understand. And for me, it's two things. It's violence and it's money. Now, if you can make them money and if they can do trade deals with you, they don't don't care about the colour of your skin anymore. And moreover, they can't discriminate against you because you're not in their country. And also, a lot of these countries will start to fall apart because I don't think they realise how important their multicultural society is. England's football team won't be as good as they are. America won't be winning all their medals in the Olympics. And then they'll start to realise, hmm, maybe these people are contributing a lot to these societies. If we talk about the UK, a lot of it's minority. So, anyway, I digress, but I'm just saying that if if Africa started to prosper and everybody went back, especially the brightest minds that are all leaving Africa to come to the West, racism won't exist, bro, I'm telling you. Or maybe, maybe they'll still have this unconscious bias, but they'll break bread with you and they'll do, they'll do trade with you because you have money and and power. the most powerful nation on this earth, and it's not. Yeah, no, it's 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 a deep one. I feel like we can, we could probably have solutions, and you know, do the pros and cons for each, and go all day about this, man. But I think the bottom line is this is this is a this is a damning situation. It's very upsetting. It's very saddening. Um, It breaks breaks all of our hearts. I mean, even though, like, America is a different country to here and it's thousands of miles away, I feel like it it resonates so deeply with every single one of us, especially as young black men. Um, Yeah. So, boy, man, like, it's it's crazy. but
2: I think one thing that kind of strikes to me when I was was watching some of the protest videos is I saw uh, there was a white woman, who had a sign up and she said, I'm 66 years old and I can't believe I'm still processing this shit. Mm. I thought that was, I thought that was, you know, quite striking. Yeah, I mean, she's been through all of it, right? Since the, what, 60s? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be people older than her who are protesting through MLK's assassination, riots, mm-hmm. who are protesting still today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
0: Alright, peace, to George Floyd, man.
2: Definitely, yeah. rest in peace. Praise to his family as well.
0: Um, I think we we'll, wrap up? I think we'll wrap it up here.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. It's been a, it's definitely a touching episode topic. Um, you know, right now, just pray that people can get through the current situation. It's quite crazy out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Hit us up with a DM, an email on the socials that's at ScreamersPod both on Instagram and Twitter ScreamersPodcast at gmail.com um, on the email you know if you've had any experiences with the police if you you know use the hashtag that's hashtag ScreamersPod um, yeah you no know, we can't wait to can't wait to see you guys again in the next advance for them. see you in a bit peace